Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. Today, we're talking to Calder Clark, one of the most celebrated event planners in the country, all about the upcoming trends in entertaining and design. Calder shares her tips for creating party perfection for her clients, but admits that she prefers pizza and beer at home. And we hear about the next big idea in food. It's actually very small. All that and more on today's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Hey, Graham. Kirsten, it's such an exciting day today on The Home Hour. It's always an exciting day on The Home Hour, Graham. Excellent point. Excellent point. Welcome home, Kirsten. Okay, but this is big stuff. Today we have Calder Clark. I cannot believe she said yes to our invitation, but she did. And she has given us a million tips and tricks on throwing wonderful parties. For the rest of you, actually, this is something I was thinking about the other day that I thought... Wait, wait, wait. I think we might need to explain who Calder Clark is in case, you know... No, that's what I was going to say. So I was thinking about this for anyone who's out there listening. You're on your phone. I don't know what you're listening on at home, but pull up her website because it's ridiculous. So Calder Clark is one of the top event planners in the country. In fact, she's named one of the top event planners by Vogue and Martha Stewart. Her parties are absolutely beautiful. And I thought for people listening, it might be a good idea every now and then when we interview all of these people, just to kind of get a sense of, you know, the site and what some of our guests are kind of putting out and putting together. I think it'll I think it'll make the conversation a little more uh, relevant and probably make things a little easier. Well, I know as her career has changed, she started to get like more focused on weddings. um, And it kind of breaks my heart because I want to do over. I want a wedding do over. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, I didn't plan any of my wedding. I don't know about you. It was all my mom. I mean, I hadn't seen the place I got married at until I showed up um, to walk down the aisle. Well, I have a daughter and I've kind of started planning her wedding already. She's four. As you should. You need to. That, that <laughs> is your wedding do over. That counts. But I only I, have like two or three decades to get this stuff together. <laughs> Hopefully I'll still be invited by then. You know, they say it's a horrible idea to go into business with your friend. I mean, literally, people look at me on the street and they're like, yeah, that's a mistake. I mean, you can see they're giving me the mistake eyes. And I'm and I'm sitting there going, I know you're right because I'm an intelligent, educated person who knows it's like the worst idea ever to try business with your best friend. But Kirsten, I promise no matter how this show does, I'm not going to lose our friendship. Oh, Graham, you're so sweet. And see, you're um, not saying the same thing, which means like the friendship is over. Hey, business so. is business, Graham. Business. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, wait, We've had a good business. run. Okay, let's get on to business. We're yeah, here. 20 we've years got of friendship. I mean, 20 years of friendship. Throw it in the tank over this amazing <laughs> show we're putting together. All right. No, this is serious. So it's a thousand degrees here. It's August in Birmingham. But I want to talk about it's electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. And that is the lightning strikes that keep hitting my house. I feel like we're in some sort of cartoon show where, like, God keeps throwing, like, actual thunderbolts and lightning bolts (laughs) down at my house because 
tears are just I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give our listeners a little bit behind the scenes Graham and I keep having these um you know calendar appointments to tape and literally she's every single time she's like we have to reschedule my my power's out again my power's out again oh, you are you've been internet. struck by lightning like 15 times this summer oh yeah we have I don't know what it is it's as if we put up a giant tin roof and with a big x marks the spot we have just been blo- I mean my sprinkler system actually exploded from the wall caught fire and exploded from the wall we have had so many lightning strikes but what I'm getting at is I have had the opportunity to meet so many interesting service people that have come to the house you know the cable guys are I mean I honestly know everyone on the charter spectrum team right now because they're at my house and they know me and they all talk about my case because they're always trying to like solve the problem but I had this really neat guy who just showed up at the house. And I like to talk to the people because I just am always curious about what they're fixing and what they're doing because I think it eventually saves money down the road to know what people are doing on your house. But what I'm getting at is this really sweet technician showed up and he, at the very, you know, he we're, we kind of were all business. We're fixing the internet. We're fixing the phones. And at the end of the conversation, he really opens up and he says that, you know, it's his lunch hour and he'll go and he'll eat fast food right now, but he's really a chef and he's a gourmet chef. And I'm just loving this because, you know, I think sometimes we have people in and out of our houses that just kind of fix stuff and we don't really get to know them as people as much. And he opened up about what he cooked and what he liked to cook. And he really went into detail. And this is where it gets interesting. Uh, He told me that his grandmother was born in 1902 and he had just a wonderfully special relationship with her and that she taught him how to make all of her old recipes and she taught nobody else in the family how to make just these fabulous, fabulous recipes. And in fact, she passed along when she died her grandmother's cookbook which goes all the way back to 1847 and I'm listening and I'm just like amazed that this guy you know who's from the cable company is just sharing these fabulous stories of good like southern country cooking with me and then I ask him and I say you know well what's your favorite recipe Mm -hmm. um you know from your book and he says jalapeno poppers I'm like what What? come on buddy seriously and he's like I'm like wait they were making jalapeno poppers in 1847 (laughs) Um, apparently those came along in the 1950s but I'm still I'm still not at my point I promise I'm circuitously getting there so he said that you know she taught him how to make these wonderful fluffy biscuits and he's giving me the secret recipe for biscuits but i feel like a southerner would have good biscuit recipes too okay well here's what i'm getting at kirsten so i said you know he likes to cook them for his dad and his brothers and just anyone but he always leaves an ingredient out he tells me he never gives anyone his recipe so he actually is one of those admitted non-recipe sharers do you know what i'm talking about yes so this guy is like secretly omitting (laughs) ingredients to make food not as good so that nobody can cook as good as he knows to so i'm like all right can you can i record you like i have a podcast people would be interested this is fascinating and he he turned me down i don't think he wanted anything to do with it but he was he was interested but Um, he basically did you guys cook together I would have loved that i would have opened up my kitchen i don't think he would have given me the real deal no he wouldn't he would totally 
You would have had a you would have had a blindfold yourself while he puts in his secret ingredients. But I guess my question is, how do you feel about that? About being oh, so his his um just about stealing rest or not properly sharing recipes? Right, like so. That's so someone, mean. You're t- well, okay. So, so I was like, how do you get away with this, buddy? Like, how are you pulling this off? Because that doesn't seem like the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he said he'll make good food for people, but his grandmother, because like I think I've noticed a lot of people don't fully share recipes, and I don't know if it's. I don't know what kind of thing it is, but some people will not be good recipe sharers. And he said that his grandmother told him that cooking is actually a part of your soul. And the only way to make good food is if you put your soul into it. Um, And I just thought it was actually just doing the recipe properly. But allegedly, that's not the right answer. It's your soul. And that if you give away your recipe, you've actually given away a piece of your soul. (laughs) This is is the deepest cable fixing appointment I've ever heard. <laughs> I talk to everyone like this, Kirsten, because I have a natural interest in people's lives, as you should too, as the host of a podcast. I'm okay. interested in everyone we interview as I am anyone who crosses my threshold. Oh, okay. Well, here's what I will say, Graham. Um, as far as our 20-year friendship, I may throw you under the bus for business. I don't know. No promises. But I will never give you an altered recipe. I will only give you a real recipe. I'm not going to waste your time or your money and leave out baking soda. Not going to happen. That's friendship. So we've got a few more podcast episodes than us, but at least I can always know how to make it. You can always call me for my grilled chicken recipe, which is the best recipe, which is not even mine. It's Anita's. Oh, well, I call it Kirsten. And that's another fun thing I like to do is when someone gives me a recipe, I'll give you the credit for it. Like, Oh, I I do love that. When the name is like attached. like It's Kirsten's chicken. My children know it is Kirsten's chicken. It's this, it's basically chicken um, in a white sauce marinade, but it's a fantastically easy recipe. And Kirsten gave it to me and it's not but it's not mine it's it's my pastor's wife Anita it's Anita grilled chicken so yeah but you get credit I mean the worst is um I know that I'm eating chicken marbella which is one of my favorite dishes which is a blatant ripoff from the silver palette cookbook you know the famous cookbook the silver palette and no, I, I give it to my friend Amanda who um introduced it to me so it's known in my family as Amanda's chicken but it's really just silver palette chicken marbella oh well um, did did you ask the cable guy what happens if your soul is connected to the recipe via a name we didn't get that far but we do share the same birthday which was exciting um Wow. Okay, Graham. Well, that was really, really interesting. Thank you for for that story. But as fun as that was, I think we do have to get on to our interview that we taped um, a couple days ago with Calder Clark. We didn't obviously do the intro then because Graham's power wasn't working. Her internet was down. Um, But uh, amazing interview. Calder Clark is just wow she has got some really cool insights into really the latest and greatest and um gosh the pictures no just joke, alone are so beautiful because i just got a message that said lightning has been detected in my area <laughs> okay so. quick quick before the internet goes out again and we meet another cable guy without um, further ado welcome calder calder clark we are absolutely phenomenally thrilled to have you with us today welcome to the home hour thanks so much i'm glad to be here Yay, we have you. We're so glad Cal- to have you. Yeah, all the way from Charleston, South Carolina. We've introduced Calder already, but event planner to truly some of the finest and most gracious and 
gorgeous events hosted and thrown throughout the country and possibly even the world. So we just kind of wanted to bring our listeners in today. And we had a bunch of questions because we let everyone know that we were going to be chatting with you. And also, we just kind of wanted to hit on some things that people write us about and talk about. But first, we thought it would be good if you could give us a little bit about your journey career-wise, how you got into event coordination, and maybe even share a little bit about what parties look like in your home and kind of the home that you are cultivating or what the home looked like when you were growing up. Just kind of give us a sense, Calder. Yes. So I was, you know, that last night of school and college when you just kind of don't go to sleep and, you know, the world is your oyster and everything lies in front of you. Basically, I was playing lacrosse, which I don't play in the backyard of my old boyfriend's home. And basically it was eight o'clock in the morning and there's still, you know, 400 people out and um, and this guy, Chris, said, I have the job for you. And we'd all been looking for jobs for about six months and everybody was desperately seeking something. And I was moving to D.C. And he said it was like it was straight out of Ferris Bueller. He said, my sister's boyfriend's dog's brother's cousin has this great <laughs> job and it has your name on it. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, I'll bet. And do I know you? You know, just one of those things. And he sent my resume. And a week later, I started and I never looked back. So this okay, is but where I've was the done. job? And I just, and I want you, I want you to say passed out at 31 flavors last night. I just like need you to finish <laughs> and passed out at 31 flavors last night. And so it was pretty much that. And she's actually now the white house social secretary, the girl with whom I first interviewed. So it's a funny, small world and things, what goes around comes around and Ricky is still out in the world of events. And so I, I raced to DC and interviewed with this girl named Ricky. I ended up working for the owner of the company instead. And it's called design cuisine. And so, you know, 18 fast forward 18 years people love to say that they taught me everything that i know and i think that's so comical because the only person who ever taught me anything is my first boss and his name is bill homan and he's insanely talented so that's where i got my feet wet i love it okay Um, so you're not saying where did you come from an entertaining home i mean what was the party atmosphere like growing up in calder's house I mean, I did. My mom loves to set a beautiful table. And I guess I just take it for granted. And maybe it's a Southern thing that girls love their fine china and sterling flatware and fine crystal. And all of that was always a part of my life, but it wasn't overly formal. I mean, we also had a ball, you know, just having a big low country boil um, or being up in the mountains and, you know, doing barbecue or what have you. So I'm a Tennessee girl and was born and bred on barbecue. So we're just, you know, it wasn't about formality or being casual. It was just about more feet under the table. And so mom's still that way. I mean, she still completely fusses over the Thanksgiving table and so do my sisters. And so I guess it, it was just part of our lexicon and our vernacular and our daily to do to just set a pretty table. I mean, okay, so let me tell you my, my first sidebar. So now it comes, you go home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever the holiday may be. Do you just want to be totally away from it? Do you turn it over to your family to plan? Yes. Or, or, or did they... it feels like work and they want me to do it and make it photo shoot ready. I'm like, uh-uh, I'm putting my feet up by the fire. Give me a bourbon. Y'all go do it. So no, <laughs> not fussing over that. Oh, I love it. I, I had a sense. I think that's the no shoes for the shoemaker's children, right? Oh, uh, absolutely. That how you, know, you say, how do you you entertain in your home and I'm like well when I do it's like three couples tops and you know camellias and magnolias clipped from the garden and then that's about as fussy as it gets I mean we we do always use linen napkins which my neighbors and friends make so much fun of I'm like well, my, what are we like pigs I mean we're not going to use you know plastic and paper so <laughs> but that it really doesn't get you know too much more fussy than that more formal so, than that 
Okay, okay. I because I I'm with you. I, I do use paper plates, but you can get pretty paper plates. Like there's some really, really cute ones. There's some really cute ones, and at the end of the night, I love not having to wash plates. But I am with you. Like the plastic forks, you could be eating the most delicious food in the world, and off a plastic it fork, it taste tastes right. terrible. And really, yeah, no like doubt. how hard is it to throw some forks in a dishwasher? I'm not saying I'm, you know so much work but the, 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 I think that is a good tip like cut your that, corners where you can but never the plastic forks that and have you seen the melamine that's at Target and Pier 1 lately I mean I have some tall bamboo edged melamine that will break your heart and that's plastic and it's just but it looks like China and it's so good looking and you can throw it outside and near a pool and nobody's freaking out so but can you yeah. microwave it I've been cooking my children's hot dogs in the microwave for the past like years on melamine plates and I think someone's starting to grow maybe a third ear Oh, um, definitely. I definitely do. And you're definitely not supposed to. And I can give two hoots. My husband's okay. like, why would you just do that? I'm like, well, it's easy. You know. <laughs> those, those are my kid plates or the melamine, like pretty yes. little decor kid plates. They're, They're resilient. They're resilient. Mm-hmm. It's good. Word of the day. Okay, so this is good because you're you're putting me in my place now because I, I'm a mom. You're a mom. You have two children, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah. a busy working mom and your kids are, you said six and eight, six and eight. Okay. So you're in the throes of it. So yeah. So my oh, life yes. is basically, you know, swim team and ear infections and baseball practice. But, you know, all the while I'm sitting there on Instagram scrolling through pictures of, you know, Car- Calder Clark-esque events. On, and so <laughs> I think we kind of have this. Um, as as busy moms who love these things, like you're sort of one foot in each camp. I, I look at these events. I want to someday have events like that. But the reality is like everything but plastic forks is really the way that that I do it most of the time. It's mostly Costco pizza and Netflix. Sure. So <laughs> you're telling me that not everything in well, your I'm house. I'm coming over looks... to your house on Saturday. <laughs> that's, that's okay, so it's, anyway. it's not million dollar weddings at your house every night. It's not. It's definitely not. What we do at home is just more about uh, having friends and their children over. It's not like this shoe-free home where everything's very precious. In fact, I mean, I feel like it's very, you know, decorated. That's kind of a word. I mean, it's very pulled together, but... I'm not afraid for people to put their feet on the ottoman. I'm not afraid for people to eat, you know, pizza on their lap. I just might want to make the pizzas on the grill, but it's still a pizza home. And, you know, I'm not my client. I tell my clients that all the time. I can, I can spend their money very well and I can daydream with them. And I have a certain level of taste that parlays into what they're looking for. But at the end of the day, when I go home, I mean, I'm in an apron and I'm dirty and I'm sweaty and exhausted. And there's just nothing glamorous about the behind the scenes. And so and that trickles down into on a Saturday night. The last thing I want to do is make a craft cocktail and serve it up to seventy-two people. It's just not happening. We do, but you it do love a good time. craft cocktail. Well, okay, so that gets me to where I want to jump in. Is we're throwing a beautiful party, which you are obviously the epitome of, but it's a home party. What, where should we be thinking? So Kirsten and I talk a lot about trying to just elevate the everyday. That's our goal is just making events special. And maybe and we're not we as burned out because we don't do it for a living. We true. just talk you about still it. think it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. For me, it would be fun to maybe make a craft cocktail, but that would be my one thing, you know, or what, so right. what are some things you would say would be kind of to put the Calder stamp on things? What, what would be your kind of three or four, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but just a couple go-tos. I mean, linen napkins might be one. Um, sure. 
cocktail. I mean, cocktails. linen hemstitch cocktail napkins from a company like Sephora, you just can't beat. They come in 150 colors. Or just get on Etsy and get something vintage or antique that you think is pretty. And people always kind of at first won't use them and you're like, stop, I put them out for a reason. I mean, we're going to throw them away at the end of the night. And then people get into it and start using those kinds of things. I mean, I do love the idea of breaking out your, your best stuff. I, pizza on fine china and champagne and Dixie cups kind of juxtaposition is huge. I think I love it. people That's love that fun. high little mix, you know? So remembering, I mean, I think it's also about spontaneity. I think that some great parties really are a little more esoteric than just the actual physical the physicality of what you're providing. So, you know, people do worry about the tenets of a good party, like a great cocktail and a ton of food and the food is piping hot and there's servers and there's the staff is attired. Like they get, that's really, that's a bigger, that's a bigger schematic than 15 people in your home. 15 people in your home, it's more about the life lessons. Like you're ready for them before they get there. And there's plenty of food, but it doesn't need to be fancy per se. And, you know, lighting, dim your lights, have everything on dimmer, uh, have a lot of candlelight and have, you know, the ability to swing the door open and close. So have the house cooled Well, this time of year, have the house be really cool so that as they come and go, they're you know comfortable. So that's a great tip is turning down the thermostat. Always, you just reminded oh me. I always 62. almost forget. Well, <laughs> we keep our, don't laugh, don't laugh. We keep our house at 78 in the summer. <laughs> I can't, I can't live with you. I'm not coming to visit you. No, now. That's you just ridiculous. And we sleep under a down comforter. But the truth is you're right. I almost inevitably forget to turn down my thermostat before a party. And um, we're huge. always having to throw the doors open. Mm-hmm. So you and say your oven's 62. Going and so oh. you're sweltering. And I mean, 62, 62 whatever you can get it down to if you're gonna have more than 10 bodies in your home uh-huh rather Damn people it. be chilly than be you know sweating mm-hmm. so there's nothing less ladylike but so it's really things like mean, that's really where the magic comes in is considering people's comforts um that's the hospitality i mean you could put out like you said costco you could put out trader joe's or all these have the cutest little apps and hors d'oeuvres so heat a bunch of those up and make some fino cheese and call it a day you know the fussier we try to get with the food and the more we try to cater or use our our favorite creative partners the more my friends back away onto the periphery and kind of get overwhelmed by the portent of a me party so I always keep it simple that's interesting because sometimes you know you wonder like sometimes we'll have people over and we, everybody just leaves and you have a smile on your face you feel like your heart feels full and then other times I'm like well that was not fun and, and uh-huh. I, it's like I can't put my finger on it you know what I mean like uh-huh. it, it is interesting because it's it's and the host could have put a ton of money into the event or a ton of time and sometimes it just falls short I mean and that actually kind of was one of our um, questions from a listener was what can we do as what can we do to kind of combat that or how to avoid just the stress of as a hostess and also sometimes even as a guest I feel like the 15 minutes the first 15 minutes of a party can you always feel awkward a little bit oh we always talk about this simple it's really yeah. simple. There's one rule. You sample your cocktails early. I mean, if you're not making a cocktail at 3.30, you've got issues. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think it's about your mindset. I think it's about going into it with your eyes wide open and not inviting people who cause a lot of friction for you or who aren't going to be chill. And Also, just the style of party. I think people try to have dressy dinners on a Tuesday night when people really just want to have, you know, a slice of pizza and a cold beer. Um, and they try to have, you know, picnics when it's too cold or too warm out. So it's, I think it's actually more about the style of event too. And something like family style, just sitting down around, you know, the proverbial dining room table, a lot of us have, um, 
without worrying about the formality of it. That sometimes, I mean, people want a meal. I love when people come over and I've actually thought about every step of it or when I go over to people's houses and they've thought about every step of it instead of just here's some apps because we can all put that out and that's more five to seven or, you know, four to six. If you're having me over at seven o'clock at night, like let's feed everybody a meal. And then people can and have that is that is yeah. dwind- I mean, yeah, when you go over that? to someone's house. Why aren't there any dinner parties anymore? I feel like Graham and I are the only people who have dinner parties. And I only I have know. like twice a year. It's all my parents did. I mean, my parents did that, I think, every single week. And there was always either a dinner party at our house or they were going to one. And they actually dressed up a little bit. You know, there was makeup. There were jewels. So Fun. I don't know why that's dying. Probably just because of our saturated digital life and the fact that we're completely, you know, on the grid at all times and faces and phones and forgetting to just stop and kind of hang out with people. I mean, I think we think we've seen people when we've Instagrammed with them. So it's like we don't have to invite them over and actually treat them to something. It's true. Um, And I found sometimes when you do that, you kind of can get more, um, you know, more out and about because, you know, just puts you back in the world of meeting people. um, Exactly. You know, really catching up. You know, the whole slow growth movement for food. I'm like, what's that version for relationships? Just slow burn, you know, just <laughs> tapping your neighbor on, you know, rapping on your neighbor's front door and being like, we haven't seen each other in three months. And we live next door to each other. Come over for a cocktail. It's five o'clock, you know. I yes. love that. That's awesome. Okay, so like what, do you do, what do you do if a party is like you feel like you're going to you feel like the party is not going well? Like and not not that. Oh, my my fancy food isn't fancy enough. And what about like, I don't know if my guests are having fun. Like, have you ever had like a quick like halfway through? Like, uh oh, this party is is gonna crash and burn. How do no, I save this party? But if you did it for a living, you wouldn't either. I mean, I think because I've micromanaged it to within like an inch of its life by the time the day rolls around. So the music is teed up, and the you know the drinks are cold, and the weather is just right because somehow I have a bat line to the man, and you know the temperature inside is perfect too. And so I mean, I think it is sort of all those little principles come together of lighting and you know all your five senses. How am okay. I gonna expand five those? senses? I'm, I'm gonna go there. I wasn't gonna go there. Kirsten's gonna be very mad at me. So what? I was telling Harrison I was interviewing you, and he was so excited, you know, and he was he had all these questions, and he really you know my Harrison, my husband, and he um he really started thinking about it, you know, and I was saying, and I'm going to chat about what makes a great party. And we, you know, we've got Calder and she plans the biggest and the best and the most beautiful. And he seriously, I mean, he's going to kill me. He seriously looked at me <laughs> and he straight faced and he goes, do they ever hire like geishas to come to the party? <laughs> you know, it's not a bad idea. I can't say I can pay him when I steal his idea, but I'm going to steal his idea. Or he's, he wanted me to ask you because your parties are just that big and that fabulous. Have you, I mean, you do not have to divulge. Have you ever hired just beautiful party people? Starters? To, yeah, party yeah. starters to go oh, and absolutely. make conversation. Can really? Just, that's actually I mean, routine. That's a thing here. So it's routine. It Tell us routine. more. I knew so this actually, would. I know, knew this would get us some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> One of my dear friends, Bucky Dudley, is the South Carolina State Shag Champion. Do y'all know what the Shag is? Oh, do yes. we know? <laughs> okay, and surely you've seen the movie. I mean, because with that Bridget movie Robert is the reason why Hicks. I went to college in the South. I, I know. Love <laughs> that movie. I don't want to go to Fort Sumter and talk colonial homes. I want to go to beach and meet boys. <laughs> and meet boys and dance. And I don't know what my parents were thinking letting me watch that movie at like 10 years old. I never it was, you know, it was just a precursor to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but... Yeah. 
with with a little southern oh my gosh i mean it was just it's i would if anyone is listening with their children it's not a fun family wholesome movie it's not you think it's gonna be i think and then i got the vhs for like my 11th birthday because i loved it so much like what were my parents doing I definitely bought it last year for like $75 on eBay just so that I can have it because you can't find it on Netflix or anything. But the point is, you know, and by the way, that's, you know, those girls know how to throw a good party. But Bucky is the national state shag champion and can outdance pretty much anybody I know. And he's always in a bow tie, you know, perennially with the horn, you know, the horn room glasses, just a doll married to a good friend of mine and basically we tap we've tapped him before to come dance with ladies to get people on the dance floor most especially for corporate functions or people are, it's a little drier uh-huh. but by golly he can do it it's <laughs> insane to watch and he's so charming and disarming no one really gets that like he's being paid to like them <laughs> and, and what a fun thing to put on your resume that you're so cool people just pay you to invite you to their party starter that's you know, amazing. he'll like throw a lesson in there or you oh. can actually like have lessons within a party, which is cute too. I'm very Okay, concerned, that, so. that's amazing. And obviously that's a tip that most people are probably not going to be hiring people. But the truth is, like, <laughs> the truth is though, like that is something you should think about. Like if you have all people like who don't know each other very well, like you have got yes. to have some gregarious people at your party. You've got to have some unpaid volunteer party starters to come. Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, that's part it's, of I diplomacy, guess like, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. looking at your guest list and all my days in D.C. I mean, it was a constant matrix of who is, you know, voting for whom or who just left so-and-so's office or who was at the State Department with so-and-so. And you just, you were very careful about, you know, who you sit in, who you sat next to whom. And, um, and I think right. And if you think so DC's, well, if you think DC's bad, I mean, you know, there are some PTAs out there that are, you know, a heck of a lot more hostile. Sure. So. <laughs> Dallas, kidding. I can only imagine. <laughs> just kidding. No, but truthfully, I mean, within a neighborhood, you just know some people are, yeah, of course, that not uh-huh. everyone is always going to get along, but hilarious too funny okay so tell us some more of like well okay Graham and I are talking about it off off the air we were talking about that scene in the devil's wears Prada since as long as we're talking about all the movies um where you know the intern is sort of mocking the editor at Vogue like about like she thinks she's better like why do you care what you know sweater this girl's gonna wear and Meryl Streep takes her to task and sort of says you know oh because this is because what I put in this spread is going to influence this designer who influenced that designer then you know two years later when you're shopping in the clearance bin at the cerulean belt yeah is going right. to I, <laughs> the cerulean I, belt that i chose for that you i chose for you this. so i you, feel Calder. right yeah you're you're like meryl streep <laughs> and i'm like the girl the clearance bin at hobby lobby looking for something for my party oh, so stop. so what am i going to be looking for in the dollar section of target which is the two greatest years place from on now earth. like the mason jar of two years from now yes oh, what is yes, the new the, mason what's, jar what's mason Probably blush and gold anything, although that might have already hit the stores of, I mean, the shelves of Target because, you know, that trickle down from interior designers is pretty fast and they definitely fancy themselves event designers, which is funny because, you know, party people fancy themselves interior designers. So it's fine. It's all incestuous. But I do think it's faster to the real market. But okay. so what I'm working on now and really into is racing green. So super equestrian, English, British inspired, almost inspired by kitchens, like dark, sultry kitchens and sort of then like light hints of an apricot color. And everyone's like, oh, my God, 80s peach. No way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, talk to yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I said wants. about Birkenstocks, right? Now, <laughs> yeah, and then we're all in them. I know. And I'm doubling down that for Micah's coming back. I've said it on every episode, every Let's episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. I well, love it won't be. 
when like it a, comes back, will it? Yeah. yeah. But, okay, so hunter green, kind of equestrian. I'm thinking like, British mm-hmm, with some mm-hmm, like racing green paired with Calcutta marble. Imagine, you know, okay. and then gold like unlacquered brass accents. Whereas right now. All the girls want, you know, blush and gold. Literally, if I do another blush wedding, I will shoot somebody. I will quit. So, <laughs> you know, we've started to kind of push them in directions of back to jewel tones and warmth. And Oh, my gosh. Color, we just hit steel magnolias back. and we didn't even realize it. See, blush and bashful. I mean, yeah. My two We're, colors are blush and bashful. <laughs> it's killing me. It's steel magnolias 2.0 throughout the South. It's actually all over Instagram and you can see it throughout the country. But it's coming. I mean, so this just this like absence of color that reflected our economy for a while post 2008 I think was about reticence and being modest and moderate and sort of um soft and subtle oh that is and deep Calder isn't it but I didn't yes. mind I mean I love some gray and some taupe and every you know every color has its place but but you're color right is color is back with the economy well, we're, we're not making any statements heretofore on the economy or what's going on you might not like not. the president or I don't care what you say but the Dow looks great so I no, think that's people what I'm saying, right like the yeah. economy technically is appearing to be back so color let's bring Correct. color back okay Correct. Done. Uh-huh. also Graham's not licensed to give anyone stock advice so if anyone's listening <laughs> she has no inside knowledge on the economy okay so let's do the same thing with food now because when grandma and I got married we were chic and cutting edge with our um, mashed, mashed potatoes potato in bar. a martini glass and did you have sushi too oh, uh, I mean, we're not that fancy we, we're I, I, I had sushi <laughs> <laughs> grandma had a pig that you like a, a pig on a stick at her I got party. married That's in South Carolina awesome. called her and I'm sorry I didn't know to call you when I did that that was a Seriously. mistake big mistake um, but it was biggest of shame I know shame okay so what is the food trend what's hot in food well, you know, the thing is, Peter Callahan out of New York started a trend years ago of miniaturizing everything. And I really do credit him with it. I mean, he was the first to splash all over his Hamptons parties and first to come out with a book with tiny bites and all that. So, I mean, you know, I really do think he kind of launched that and that's not tired yet. So the miniaturizing of everything and just that one bite pop into your mouth thing of things that are normally 10 bites is what makes it so clever. So that's still hot. Um, I think just fresh and light and, you know, with the explosion of movies and documentaries on what's happening to our food culture and just, Mm -hmm. you know, farm to fork paired with our fearing that one in three people are going to have diabetes over the next 20 years, I think has trickled down into entertaining. And so it's really not about comfort food or gluttony or any of that excess of the past. It's still pretty streamlined and healthy and clean. I mean, it's not like everything has to have kale, but if, but you know, it might be that we use kale in some creative way. So there's sort of this health bent that has um, been overlaid on entertaining food and that's still kind of going on. So lots of inspo coming out of California there, you know, Pablo LaDuke is an amazing caterer out of there and um, heirloom LA is a, a beautiful uh, caterer too. And just you know, heavy on the Insta. They have gorgeous pictures and all their stuff's really light and fresh. So we're doing the same thing in the South. I mean, we'll still fry something for you, but there has to be a fried moment on every menu. But but yeah, I mean, burrata is big and I think caviar is done. So it's funny. It's, it is definitely less fussy, a little more informal, but somehow still pseudo healthy for parties. That's kind of nice. You know, mm-hmm. to not mm-hmm. feel like, like, I, I, yeah, you never want to leave somewhere and be like, I ate so much. I'm just that, disgusting. but I mean, on the flip side, we do tell our girls, you know, this is one night. <laughs> so a wedding is not an appropriate place for a diet. 
it's really about having a blast and serving what you're most proud of. And if that is, you know, fresh Wahoo off the coast of South Carolina, because we're having a South Carolina wedding, well, great. I mean, it doesn't have to be that you please everyone. This isn't like a Midwestern smorgasbord of sorts. It's really about, you know, serving up something that, you know, colors your party and reflects the couple and the family and their heritage. And it's one night, it's one meal. So when we're talking about weddings specifically, I mean, I say, you know, have a blast and or, get a little funky. Right. You're but there, I, I you're like there the to idea. feed, not fatten. Correct. <laughs> well, I just like the idea that it's like when you go to a party now, people are a little bit more health conscious. And of course, yes, it's a party. Don't be annoying. Like, enjoy your time. But exactly. it's kind of nice that like, I feel like every time I used to go to a party, it was like just, you know, melted cheese after melted cheese after melted cheese. And I have nothing against melted cheese. Melted cheese is my love language. But, you know, sometimes it is nice to see a vegetable. You know, it's, it's nice of to course. have that as an option. So Eat the rainbow and all that can still be well, done in a cool way. Yeah. Along those lines, um, tell us, give us, do you, if you have any, any ideas, as, so you've got us thinking foods and new trends, any new party ideas? Let's say if we wanted to host any kind of new traditional, like you said, just go to our next door neighbor who we haven't seen in three months and say, come on over for a cocktail. Any ideas we could kind of start implementing that might kick it up a notch or be a little bit different? Any fun parties you've been to lately? I mean, I've been to a ton and yes, but then I also think like, I'm probably the least trendy person you'll ever meet. I really don't do trends because I don't think they stand the test of time. And I want my clients to look back on their functions with me 30 years from now and say, oh my gosh, it's timeless and it's still classic and it still works. So, you know, trad with a twist is more the way I go. So I'm a bigger fan probably of eschewing trends and just stocking your home and pantry with your go-tos and let those be regional and let those be light and fun. And so, you know, we, I always have cheese straws on hand, absolutely always have Marcona almonds, really good olives, you know, a couple of beautiful cheeses, charcuterie, prosciutto. I mean, I've three times of, of, prosciutto-like substances in, in my drawer right now. You know, so prasada, calabrese, that kind of thing. So my deal is really having, you know, a little bit of a bit of the antiquity. So I collect French breadboards, like the giant kind you'd imagine people used to make pizzas on in wood-fired ovens or still see, at, you know, hipster pizzerias. So you have one of those on hand that you just keep, you know, in your kitchen and throw out some of those things from your from your fridge that are good for during the week for no not entertaining but also good if somebody is dropping by so i always have a cheese board ready always have something dry and crunchy too and then you know just your favorite wines we're we're kind of bubbly freaks so i've always got a prosecco and my favorite champagne is argyle so i've always got a couple bottles of that so you know if i tap on my friend harriet's door tonight which i actually desperately need to do so i'm going to tap on the coleman's door i'm not going to try to do something new. I'm just going to, I'm going to fall back on awesome things that are integral to the way my family eats and plays and drinks and throw those out for them in hopes that they are fresh to them. You know, it's always new to somebody else. And that in turn will make you more comfortable because that's something that you're comfortable with. So you're proud of it. And you have any kind of reputation for good parties, then they're probably going to acquiesce, you know? So I hate to turn your question on its ear, but yeah, I really just, that's, that's good. I mean, I do listen. I do read, I have my texture app. I read Bone App, Food and Wine, Clean Eating Magazine, Cooking Light. I read them all every single month. But it's kind of all been done before. 
So it's just pesto redone five different ways. So it's an arugula pesto instead of a basil pesto. Great. So try it. I mean, that's fine. But still just classic things like pesto, having those on hand and whipping up a little batch or buying it jarred from some awesome place that you love. Like here it's caviar and bananas. You know, somewhere else it might be Dean and DeLuca. But I don't care if you make it yourself. It's just about having those staples on hand so that you can be more spontaneous about partying. Got it. I like yeah. that. Just being stocked and being ready. Okay. Can I ask you about one quick event that I saw that you did? I read it in, um, on the Camille styles blog about the, uh-huh. um, you did, uh, it was a traditional engagement luncheon, but you turn it into an engagement picnic and the photos were just beautiful. And like, I just Thanks. think that's a, such a fantastic video. So tell us about that event. And then if you have another example of like, you know, taking that traditional event, like the baby shower brunch, but doing it with a little twist to just make it not the same party that you've had before, something a little fresh. Um, yes. I would love to hear, hear about th- those kind of ideas. Well, so my twin nieces, one, they're both photographers. One is an incredible videographer as well as a photographer. And the other is a photographer. One got engaged and the other said, I'll shoot it and let's make it pretty. And I said, let's do it. Let's have fun with it. So instead of doing this stuffy luncheon in a restaurant or even in someone's home and feeling like everybody had to get to polishing the silver and kind of again, turned that on its ear and decided to have a picnic because it was spring and it was beautiful out and, you know, all the peonies were in bloom and the azaleas were in bloom and so we got a cantha, like a giant, yummy, you know, ethnic throw and a bunch of pillows from God knows, probably here, GDC, this beautiful home store that we have where you can run in and find great things and broke out some of our, my existing, like my everyday is Juliska and I have these gorgeous, uh, handmade handblown flutes from roost. So I kind of got all the pretty stuff out of my cupboard, so to speak, and just got baskets brimming full of the same staples I already mentioned. I got my favorite French bread and I got, you know, a bunch of lean, like pretty meats and cheeses, nuts, olives, honey, mustard, all the little things you'd need to do a big, you know, French bread board and, a, you know, fromage et charcuterie board and made it Frenchy and just invited seven girls, kept it really small because it was an engagement picnic, not like a bridal luncheon picnic, you know, mm-hmm. but you could have, you could definitely do that on a grand scale. I did at, um, last time I was at Blackberry farm for a series of parties. We had a wedding day picnic instead of a wedding day luncheon, or even just like a little brunch. Instead, she got up and got married on Saturday morning, which I love a morning wedding. Is there anything more Southern? And then we kind of piled out to this beautiful lawn. I mean, there's not an ugly spot at Blackberry, but anyway, I digress. And this is basically a helicopter pad, this beautiful green helicopter pad. And where my team had, you know, put out 50 plus blankets with tilted, you know, Santa Barbara umbrella, like beautiful scalloped umbrellas over each one. And then resting on a little driftwood box was a giant, you know, hand woven basket by this guy who hand weaves in Eastern Tennessee. So we use like his white oak baskets and fill them with hemstitch linen napkins and rosé and more cheese and more charcuterie, which apparently is like a thing for me. And it was so <laughs> as cute. It and it was, be. <laughs> exactly. I mean, as it should be for anybody. So, you know, picnicizing anything is highly recommended or just doing something at a different hour of the day than you normally do. It can be just cute and fun for people. Just a fun way to, to turn things on their side. Yeah. There's was something about being outside. Yeah. 
That's so pretty. Saturday morning wedding. Was that tricky? I could imagine you having to pull it off and execute it. I mean, that was a No, bit we were ready on Friday night, so it's no different than 6 o'clock at night. I mean, you just have to, as my dad always said, proper planning prevents poor performance. So as long as you, <laughs> you know, planned it with the five Ps, it's like anything else. People always say, I don't understand why you're so calm. And I'm like, this is, well, why are you a cucumber? And I'm like, well, that is why people fan me. I mean, why, why would I be nervous? I've been mapping this out for a year. God love me. I hope I'm ready, you know? Well, I just so love as no, a like, mom. I just love as a mom that these lessons we repeat to our kids clearly stuck with you. We're not just talking oh, about yeah. it. Oh, the five Ps. Oh, a tenant cute. of my business. Oh, that's so, <laughs> but I mean, you said what else could I do that, you know, would be like a fun traditional party with a twist kind of thing or another way to do it. This one shoot we had I thought it was so much fun and I still mean to do it in real life since so little gets to happen IRL these days but basically like I said about mixing low and high it's all about the mix it's the same you know with your interiors it plays out into parties too so we got a bunch of antique blue and white china you know some spode some delft what have you and borrowed it from a couple different friends and then um, got you know a series of good champagnes and then went to literally the best pad you know the best Thai place in Charleston but this could be Chinese or whatever it floats your boat so the idea of like fast food fast yummy hot food on fine china um, with plastic cups with good champagne and so we did this for sort of a corporate like a sort of a drop-in work dinner on a Wednesday night and part of a, a photo shoot for El Decor too. And it was so cute. So it was just so much fun because, I mean, you could just play it up. We took the chopsticks and we spray painted them in neon to juxtapose them against the classic of the blue and white. And we had only greenery. So instead of flower flowers, we did greens, which looked great with the blue and white because green and blue love each other. And so that's a kind of fun way to take, to not spend a lot and to take some things you already have and who can't call in takeout? I mean, hello. And, but like, have your takeout on something pretty and watch your friends flock. I mean, you could do that any Friday night with three families and their seven collective kids and everybody would be eating the same thing. You don't really have to do apps because, you know, Chinese or Thai has 15, you know, there's going to be 15 dishes anyway. So you've got that variety um, but I'm, I keep meaning to do it for like my buddies. And that's your creativity coming through, though, because that's a beautiful idea. But to think about spray painting chopsticks, you know, yeah, is that food you? safe? <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not sure. I thought and think about it. <laughs> a little dirt never hurt. You know? That's a great idea. It's just it's very, you know, it's fresh. I mean, that's I call it. Um, my dirty meat trick, which not that that's dirty meat in any way, shape or form, uh -huh. but Five every party. No, well, I, I'll um I'll have crystal burgers at almost every party on a silver platter for the men because the truth is they love to sneak off and eat like some sort of you know. No way! How do you know what crystal is? I grew up in Long Island, but you know I've made my way around the South. Um, okay, good because I really do feel like it's only down here. Like y'all have White Castle up there, which I've discovered. But you can't we do, beat a we late do night love our white run. Right. I mean, yeah, if I, if I was above woo. the Mason Dixon, you're right. I would be saying we do actually have a lot of northern listeners, believe it or not. You're right. Sorry, White Castle Burgers. Hey, and said and that. for all of us out here on the West Coast, in and out, in and out. Okay. Yeah, but in and out's like really fancy. Kirsten. And that's like I know, it, is, it is fancy. I'm, so, I'm sorry I don't have junky hamburgers, guys. <laughs> it's also like big. The idea behind crystals is I mean, you eat like four. 
you know, if right. you're oh, yeah. or 20. I mean, come on. Correct. <laughs> but listen, Calder, we just wanted to thank you so much for your time. You've given us so generously your time and your wisdom. And we are very grateful for all of your. You're welcome. This was fun. This was so fun to it. talk to you. And it was really fun because I went to school in the South and um, and not uh, getting to live there. I just feel like I got such a good dose of Southern hospitality talking to you. This was this was so fun. Well, I aim to please. I'm glad, girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Calder Clark. And uh, we will have if people want to find more on more about you. Obviously, they can follow you on Instagram. Um, and it's just at Calder Clark. That's me. Okay. And if you have any questions, you can reach us at hello at the home hour. We're also on Instagram. And if you've liked the show, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you, Calder. Thank you. Thank you.